Welcome to the top four. We've had for once in our lives in the last probably first time in two and a half months, we've had live football back with the Bundesliga. So we're all excited about that. We're definitely going to be talking uh, about our kind of what our experiences of watching those games were like, what it what it kind of like overall feel for it was like. Did we just enjoy it overall? And we'll, we'll do some updates on our teams. The Leipzig boys are struggling this, this week after a, uh-uh. a rough weekend uh, to uh, Freiburg of all teams. So we'll go into that one for sure. Uh, but anyway, we'll also talk a little bit at the beginning here before we get into that um, on the state of the Premier League. Um, I'll throw this over to Ed because, to be honest with you, there hasn't really been much going on. So I know there's been – well, Ed, you just go ahead and – Educate all of us on what, what's going on in the Premier League. I shall do my best. Uh, they voted, obviously, early um, this week to uh, allow training back in, in the small groups. Um, obviously, beginning tomorrow, then go a little bigger. Uh, they tested a whole lot of people. Came back, I think, six positives. Ian Wone was one, assistant manager at Burnley. Um, three... I believe we're at Watford and then two are still kind of yet to be accounted for. Um, obviously, this is Mikel Arteta. Oh, is that? Uh, He's got it back. He got, he got it again. He got it again just from, just, yeah. just, just to stay away from training or what? Doesn't want to, doesn't want to come back. Um, <laughs> no. And obviously, doesn't want to watch Mustafi have to defend. Oh God, it's, I can't wait for that. It's class. I've missed it. Um, <laughs> in the light of that, you know, I've seen recently, obviously the three kind of, who stood out to not want to go back are uh, Danny Rose, um, doesn't want to be a lab rat. Troy Deeney's got a young kid with some respiratory issues, so you can kind of respect and align with that. And then the latest one apparently is uh, Kante. Nicola Kante has been given um, compassionate leave, I guess, because he's had two family members die of heart complications. So, um, oh. yeah, so he's been given some compassionate leave, which I think is, is going to be the way it goes. I think people, if they don't want to go back, I think that's uh, everyone's going to go on along those sides. And Klopp's already come out and said that, you know, he addressed the team and basically told them that nobody's here um, by force. If you don't feel comfortable, you haven't got to be here. There's no fines, no anything like that. And I think that's going to be the the route that you know, most clubs take. Um, you know, that being said, I think the league's got to be somewhat careful because obviously Germany had more more positive tests and. Uh, at least unless it was wasn't publicised, uh, went back to play. Um, regardless, I mean, obviously the league has to handle it with kit gloves a little bit. But uh, it'll be interesting to see where that goes and whether it kind of floods into being, you know, tens, twelves, fifteen, twenty type players at a time not wanting to play, or and how clubs handle that. Do they bring some youth players up? Do they finish the league? Do they use it to not finish the league? I think it's going to be an interesting, uh, interesting few weeks, but. Uh, for me, obviously, as a Liverpool fan, I was uh, kind of buoyed by the fact that we only really had six positive tests out of all the tests they've done, which I think is massively positive. Um, yeah, I mean, that kind of follows on with, like, when La Liga did theirs, They, I think when they when they announced they were coming back, they were like, yeah, we think we're going to have about, like, 25% or so, 20% yeah. test positive. And I think they had, like, like something like 10 or 11. And so that was pretty, pretty low in terms of, like, the numbers when you actually think about it. Yeah, and that brings up a whole other load of questions about <laughs> socioeconomics and uh, demography, which I think is probably a little bit, a little bit too deep. But um, you know, I think it is it is positive. I think it's positive for the uh, for the entire kind of society as a whole to you know see that there is some positivity. In fact, that you know, a group of obviously physically fit people 
um, come through it fairly well when it comes to testing. Um, but obviously, really hoping that we can continue to stem the tide a bit and kind of get through the next few months and uh, kind of play it by ear from there. But looks like, you know, still still waiting the actual restart of Premier League, but I think they're all back in training tomorrow. But I'm sure tomorrow is another, another new cycle and we'll probably hear of some more players who are, are dropping out on, you know, object to coming back. But, um, you know, there's a lot of people in the UK who have been going to work for the last 10 weeks who aren't making 80 grand a week. So, you know, I think without testing and without uh, anyone near them being tested. So, you know, um, those those people are obviously taking on more of an inherent risk than Premier League footballs are at the moment. But uh, positive for football, um, but we'll see how it uh, plays out in the next few next few days slash weeks. Um, are they testing for antibodies or just to see if they're positive or negative? I'm I'm just generally. Curious. I'm not sure. I think it's positive or negative at this point. Yeah. Because um, I think still the tech. Because yeah, I'd be interested to see if like, like you said, like people like our age are like pretty, or like their age, especially like they're you know eighteen to thirty-five. We'll just say like in fit, best physical condition, mostly as an athlete. So they probably wouldn't be as affected as as most people. So I was just curious if they were testing for. I'm not sure. Antibodies or not? Or... I'm not sure. I think yeah. the antibody stuff's still quite, quite up in the air in terms of, you know, what it what it means i guess i'd imagine they're doing straight testing i'm not i'm not entirely mm-hmm. entirely sure i mean obviously today college that would make the most that would make the most sense if you just want to like say all right like you're okay to get on on the training page let's go yeah so. exactly and obviously college college football in yeah. this country went a little bit and dove quite deep into that today as well so i think we're going to see some uh realistic studies on how we undertake large scale testing here over the course of the next probably eight to eight to 12 weeks. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I did see the one thing that did kind of break through for me is it sounds like they were trying to push like a June, like mid June, but it looks like most of the teams were shooting for June 21st just because they want that extra couple weeks of training. Is that right? In terms of like getting back to physical fitness. That's what I'd seen. I know June 15th was like a target date. Um, but I've also seen they want to have everything done by the end of July and then restart this next season. They've said August, September, but you know, surely it's going to have to be um, a little bit delayed. Early September at the earliest, one would think. Um, yeah, because this past weekend the season was supposed to end, guys. Liverpool were going to be crowned champions, yeah. or City were after Liverpool on an absolute crash and burn campaign. <laughs> But, no, but, yeah, that would have been – I was thinking about that today. and like, The FA Cup would have been coming up, and then we would have been getting ready for Euro 2020, which would have been awesome. So, that means City are still title holders for some that's more right. time. So, that's that's, right. that'll be two years and counting. <laughs> but you're losing, you're losing the Champions League. So, you know, you, take, you, you, get, you gain and then you take. So. Did I see a possible start date for Champions League to finish this campaign? I thought I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, so they said um, it was like I want to say they were trying to play a game. There was like a so basically what happened because like the Premier League shooting for the twenty first is what I saw, but there was going to be a situation where like they were trying to start the second legs or the first legs of the quarters in like before the Premier League even started. So it'd almost be like you're playing a game as a pre like in preseason form, which was not great. So. I didn't. I didn't realize the Champions League was still. I thought they had just kind of like 
I thought so too. That's why when I saw that this week, I was a little perplexed. Which means that City won't go without Champions League football next year. Yeah. Just a positive day for me. I don't know. I mean, they're just looking. (laughs) They're just trying to like get it in, I guess, because no one wants to pay the broadcasters back. I saw the math on that earlier to like this week where the Premier League's gonna have to pay back like ninety million dollars or something like that. Create something crazy because of all the games, because of the way that the broadcasters had structured it and stuff like that. And like for every week it goes past a certain date, they have to pay like thirty million dollars back. So anyways, that's good stuff. Lewis, anything you wanna to add to our boy Lacazette's been I think now twice Helium uh, caught out <laughs> Helium and then uh was breaking quarantine. Uh, somebody else was getting their haircut. Oh, that was a uh, Serge Aurier. He was getting his haircut, which was good. These guys apparently don't realize social media exists <laughs> right. anymore. I mean, they're kind of pretending like it's back in the 1970s, thinking they can get away with doing crazy <laughs> yeah. stuff. But you know, if they're younger, rich guys. I mean, it's going to happen. So I don't see it as a huge issue. No, for sure. All right. Well, let's 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 put a cap in uh, in the Premier League for now until we get some more info, but. Let's get on to the actual real stuff, the meat of the issue, the real live football, the favorite, the best, the strongest league in the world, the Bundesliga. So I want to start with you, Garber. What were like what were your overall thoughts on like the weekend? I'm just like how did you feel about the experience of watching like games without fans? Did it like distract you or anything like that? To be honest, I, I had a it was awkward at times, and I think that they're gonna improve on the experience. I heard some things of people talking about virtual crowds or pumping in they could be like the Atlanta Falcons and pump crowd noise into the stadium. Um, but I think, I think that they're going to learn through this and that they're, I, I think the product's going to get better. I didn't really have a ton of issues with it. Um, the fact that I could wake up on a Saturday morning and sit on the couch and watch games, I was too excited to find something negative about it. Um, I, the one thing, and I, I went on Twitter with this one too and got some people yelling at me. Uh, the lack of goal celebrations I found incredibly odd and honestly lacking common sense, but we'll save that for another day. Um, all these guys, all yes, these it, guys are already tested. That's why they're on the field playing. A guy's going to go fight for a header on a corner, but can't celebrate with his teammates when he scores a goal. But that, that I understand the social reasons for it, for the people that are watching and stuff like that. But um, that was a little goofy to me. Other than that, my team Leipzig, um, slow start, but <laughs> we're uh, slow start. Slow start. <laughs> that, that game, that I don't know. I, I. Yeah, we'll jump. We'll jump into that game a little bit later, but I want to get everyone else's. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I just want to highlight that I went zero and three on my bets, which was also <laughs> excellent because I forgot how awesome it feels to lose a bet. And I know that sounds crazy, but like there's a thrill to losing a bet. And I went 0-3, so I got all that thrill back this weekend too. Got the adrenaline pumping. Yeah, the um, with regards to like no celebrations, there's a Seth, Seth Fabregas tweeted out um, during the games. I think during the Dortmund game, he was like, so they were like social distancing. Like players are social distancing before the game, like with the coin toss and all that stuff. It's like as soon as the whistle kicks off, like people are slamming into each other with tackles. And then all of a sudden you still can't celebrate together, even though you've literally like been tackling them for the last 10 minutes or whatever. So he's like, it doesn't even really make sense from that perspective. And I kind of agree. With yeah. That. And they said they for weren't sure. going to punish. I forget who it was that celebrated a goal 
and Bundesliga said they weren't going to punish him or anything like that. So I kind of think that they're loosely following those guidelines. Yeah, what did you, uh, Lewis, what did you think about the whole experience? You said you I watched did. a couple um, of games. I watched the Leipzig game, which was a terrible decision. Um, and, <laughs> and I watched the Cologne uh, Mines game, which was really, really good, actually. Um, back to the, the weird celebration stuff. The thing that got me more than the goal celebrations were the subs and the coaches on the sidelines, all wearing masks, all spaced out six feet apart. Right, but... I mean, it goes back to the same point, but like, why? Why are we doing that if they're all tested and then the sub's going to take his mask off, go play with 21 other people on the pitch? What's the point of the mask? Anyway, um, I struggled to get into it, to be honest. It it wasn't because of the, the lack of crowd. I think I, uh, I don't really have a connection to the Bundesliga and I'm missing the Premier League so much that like I had it built up as, oh, football's back. It's going to be like watching... Premier League and it just, you know, it's just not quite the same. So I really didn't get into it as much as I thought I would. Um, a little bit of a, a little bit of a struggle. Yeah. What about you, Ed? I, uh, like you have similar thoughts to Lewis or? I, I enjoyed it. I thought, um, some tactical things that stood out that surprised me to an extent. I don't know if you want to wait to get into that, but from an overall, um, atmospheric, thing it did sound as if they were kicking uh the worst football in the world because of because of because because of the echo around the park um you know i I thought it was okay we can all point to the some of the the distancing stuff and the masking is i think because they're the first to go and they're making sure that that it does Mm -hmm. go um but for example we're going to make substitutes six six feet apart however when they go warm up they're going to stand shoulder to shoulder on the end line and, and warm up on the end bit silly and then when you're going to play an entire 90 minutes or 45 minutes each half and then you leave to go to the locker room you have to be opposite sides of the walkway and separated as you walk to the locker room <laughs> because why you know i think but i, I think it is all security yeah. to ensure that everything does continue to go off because obviously if they if it doesn't work for them everybody who's trying yep. to who's trying to restart's in trouble um you yeah. know so i think and partially some of it's like i think little tongue-in-cheek potentially as well just the fact oh this is what we're going to do because you say we have to do it i think there's probably a slight element of that but i think of all teams to all leagues to go first you know the germans probably going first is it's probably a good thing being you know kind of that detailed type approach to the way they play as well would probably filter off the field as well into getting them done yeah i don't i i feel like i think i have to kind of like come back to garber's point of why they're wearing masks and like social distancing and stuff it's like more like an image yep. thing to like for the people watching at home yeah than anything um it's not like i don't like you said like i think they all know like all right well it's just more to like hey show the population that's watching like this is something that's you know something that we're trying to like shoot for and strive for but the twitter um, mobs got this actually... across to me I, it, it makes yeah. it makes sense and i get it but it was just a little goofy to, to look at yeah and i i feel like the celebration thing for me is like a big deal. Like one Holland's celebration when Dortmund scored their first goal was terrible. Like that his celebration just in general is awful, but like, yeah, they should be able to like celebrate with the people that they've, you know, they, that set them up. But um, from an actual experience thing, I don't know. It took me like, I'd say probably like 30 minutes to get into the game, especially because I was watching, uh, especially when I was watching the Dortmund game. Um, but 
we like I've got my own friends and we kind of have done like their own we've all picked our own Bundesliga teams and a couple of my buddies have picked Schalke so like cheering against them was just just great great that feeling to have back cheering against those guys um so like after the first 30 minutes I kind of just kind of tuned out the fact there weren't any crowds there that wasn't a big deal I mean that was also a good game to watch out Dortmund are a really really good team um just in general but um, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I think like we'll get used to it in terms of like the no crowd noise. And I think you're right. I think they'll learn to improve the product in terms of pumping in crowd noise. I know the Norwegian league was like talking about having people like basically do drive throughs at the stadium where you could, you could, I don't know if you guys no. did you just hear the story. No, did, did not hit, hit me with I'm it. I'm intrigued. Oh, you, <laughs> I'm intrigued. Let me, this is, so this is a really cool story. So um, it's, I'm pretty sure it's the Norwegian league, but it might've been the Danish league. It's one of those Scandinavian companies countries but anyway they're starting up and what they're doing is they're essentially allowing their um fans to do drive up drive throughs or not drive through like you go and basically see a drive drive up movie and they would pump the basically you have the, the screen on the outdoor of the of the stadium everyone out it's outside the stadium watching in their cars um they they talk through like if, if you have to use the restroom you like basically like Hit a hit, turn your lights on, and like somebody escorts you to the porta potty or whatever. But that's not the main thing. But basically, they were going to pump the, the volume out to the fans, but then the fans are able volume is able to pump back into the stadium. Where, like, if somebody scores a goal, like everyone starts honking their horns and stuff and like doing crazy stuff like that. And then you would watch like the commentary by tuning your radio. So apparently, they're going through with this. And the story came out actually like a couple weeks ago, but apparently, a bunch of MLB teams have reached out to the league and have been like. Hey, we're super interested in doing this as well. Like, can we talk about the logistics of doing it all? So, pretty, pretty cool and like unique way to do it. So you just stay in your car the whole time, watch the game. Obviously, there's no alcohol sales, but uh, you you just are able to like enjoy it that way. So that'd be imagine that our parents telling us about driving movies when they were young, and we can tell our kids about driving sports. <laughs> right. Like the like they literally specifically they interviewed the guy and they specifically said the Nationals reached out to him about it and I was like that's super cool that'd be interesting so it'd be one way to I've do got it kind of but another uh, interesting anyway, I guess um, fan experience uh, story that I read um, did you guys see the story about FC Seoul in uh, Korea yeah uh, I yeah. didn't see they, when uh, they sent someone to go buy mannequins to put in the ground so it looked like they had fans. And uh, oh, they bought sex dolls instead. They didn't, didn't they? Didn't they then? Didn't they then deny deny that they were actually sex dolls? <laughs> yes. Okay. I, I thought I saw that. Did you, did you see what did mm-hmm. Did you see what the fine was? They got fined eighty five thousand oh, dollars. It's the largest. It's the largest fine in like the history of the K League, and it basically, they basically the K League said for bringing the league in disrepute and like all this. The, for damaging the prestige and integrity of the league after using sex dolls to fill it. I would have enjoyed to see. I think I think the attention to detail here would have been important. Like, how did they set these dolls up in the stands? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, just sitting regularly? Because they could have gotten creative there. Yeah, right. I, I just love the guy, like, the staffer who had to go down. and was like, yeah, we'll just we'll just take whatever you got. Those, you can bring those two. Well, as well. It's not like he went to, uh, you know, Korean Walmart, is it? You know what I mean? Like, sure, sure, surely he got a little bit confused when he walked in the shop and he saw other accoutrements before he bought his mannequins. Yeah. You know, surely right. that was. Uh... Wait, what... why is this one wearing an all leather <laughs> exactly outfit? Right. Reminds me of that yeah. scene in Dodgeball. 
Exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Could you imagine if like the they actually like had the the uh, mannequins out costumes, <laughs> like the sex the sexy lingerie and stuff like that too? Incredible. <laughs> I'm without so words. So good. Yeah. So I did want to. I think Ed wanted to kind of like jump into this. I did. I did want to say I noticed just from like an overall standpoint. We talked about last week the. Um, I noticed the defending <laughs> in the Bundesliga was pretty bad, and not only like defending, but like set piece yeah. defending. I think there was just. I did a quick scan through the games I didn't watch, and a lot of set piece. A lot goals. of set piece goals. Who was it? Leverkusen. Leverkusen had like. Two, three, three, just, yeah. three, three, like of just three simple of chipped yeah. headers into the chip, chip balls into the box and just guy free runner headers. Like it, was, it, was, it was a lot of them. You look at, I mean, Wolfsburg as well should have conceded two. Obviously, one was offside. Great finish by John Brooks, to be fair. Facing the wrong way, unfortunate. But no, I thought, I think last week, bullet header, we made the point that we're interested to see what defensive organization would be like. Um, like Mainz, I think their second goal. That Mainz scored where he just dribbled right down the middle of the park. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, he literally tried. Like, yeah, more like a you know an under eleven or under twelve game. Which you know I think we made the point last week about just you know small group training, ones, twos, threes, fours. You know you're not really going to get that unit training you get that you need in the back four. Um, but you know it was interesting because you felt as a as a coach, someone that's played decently, um, it should be easier to communicate. Uh, but it, it appeared that that wasn't the case. Like, I think, you know, it was the Schalke, the fourth goal that, um, it was Guerrero. Yeah, Guerrero's fourth mm-hmm. goal. I mean, the right back is a good five, six yards behind the rest of the back three. The rest of the back four, sorry. And uh, a great finish by Guerrero. But, I mean, fairly fairly simple mistakes being made. Obviously, lots of balls from wide areas where they set pieces or just pullbacks, things of that nature, which again rely on the back four unit being together and following runners and things that, you know, during, I think, the run of a season, um, you kind of eliminate. But it did have the old cliche in coaching is, you know, in preseason and things like that, you don't worry if you lose on set pieces because it's an exhibition game and you're figuring it out this early in the season. This did kind of have the the uh, the stench of preseason football at, at certain certain times, which I think is uh, it's probably to be expected. Yeah, I'll tell you what, uh, Unai Emery coach team in the Bundesliga this week would have freaking crushed it because he loves a cutback from the wing and like there was, I I think there was about just if it wasn't a set piece goal, it was crosses coming in from the wings that were leading to a lot of so goals. so like Liverpool that mine's goal that second. Is I don't know I don't I don't really watch a lot of them. They do they do like Love fullbacks across throwing balls. I guess yeah because you have the you have the you have the yeah because you have you have the fullbacks. You have got T H Trent Trenton, yeah. Robertson. I guess that's true. Uh, yeah. That wasn't a negative comment really either. What? I wasn't. No, I, I know that. I mean, it's it's a, definitely a different ways of playing football. Look, I think that was out pretty much outlined in the Bundesliga as well. Like watching Cologne, for example, super direct. Four three three back to front. The first goal they score is exactly that back to front. Then you're looking at probably the most impressive team that I hadn't seen an awful lot of prior to this. For me, was uh, was Leverkusen. They played a really yep, really good awesome. brand, kind of a nice little blend of modern football with a bit of old fashioned. Because obviously, you know, Kai Havertz was not expected to play up front by himself prior to the break. 
And obviously, after the break for the virus and they come back to the first game, you put the big boy, I think he's 6'2", 6'3", out front by himself. And he's a handful. You know, plays traditional like a centre-forward when he's been operating kind of underneath as a winger in a front two. It was, uh, I think it was a very important game for him because I believe his price tag just uh, just popped a bit higher than it was before. So he he scored yeah. was it, he scored two headers right in that and game could, and could have had two yeah. or three more goals. So that's, that was in some good good situations. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. And also the, the other guy that popped out in that game was yeah. Musa Diab- Diaby. He he tore up he tore up down the wings and everything. But yeah. Um, yeah, I'm interested to see. Leverkusen played really, really well. I mean, I think it actually kind of like with Leipzig drawing, Mönchengladbach winning, like the, the 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 top six are getting a little tighter. Schalke getting smoked by Dortmund didn't help their their uh, their prospects very much. But and then like Dusseldorf and Paderborn at the bottom of the table both drew nil nil, so they're still in kind of like a situation. But yeah, I think it's going to be. There's a lot of goals. I mean, obviously not in the games that. Uh, Garber or not in the right way, but there was a lot of goal. There was a lot of goals out there in the league, so I think a lot of that comes down from defending and also just some of the attacking play in general was was pretty good from the good teams. Like Dortmund's Dortmund's uh, attack was just they actually just smoked. Dortmund were very very impressive. Yep, uh, Lewis. Yeah, and I thought I thought I thought uh, Gladbach, the team I picked. They pretty much wire to wire. They let in a, a late goal at the very end, but from wire to wire, for the most part, they they dominated. I was uh, the Dortmund Schalke game. I I did want to say like I was kind of this like I was watching Weston McKinney. He he was just get, they were just playing around him pretty easily. But that was kind of like the you know like I said, Dortmund's a really good team. But that was interesting. Lewis, what did you what was your take on uh, which games did you watch? Game. You, you said you watched um, Mines obviously Leipzig and, uh, game. What was another one? one? Yeah. It was really good. Cologne. Up and down. That was a really good uh, game, actually. Uh, Cologne jumped out to a 2 0 lead and then threw it all away in the space of 11 minutes in the second half. Um, yeah, that was really, really fun um, to watch that one, especially for a game that I didn't really care about. Uh, on the other end of the spectrum, Leipzig was miserable. Um, really bad. <laughs> 67% possession. Seven shots on goal, but no, no real yeah. clear-cut chances, and then to be saved by a late goal that was called offside. I mean, not a good look against uh, the side that they were having to play there. So, did they? I didn't really watch the game. My other buddy was watching. Was kind of giving us updates. Did I thought I heard that they're the he was good. Freiburg keeper had a worldie though, or was that more just? Or is it more uh, just? I that think it was Leipzig a combination. I think the uh, Freiburg uh, goalkeeper was good. But Leipzig, for me, for the amount of ball that they had and the, I guess the quality that they have, they didn't really do enough. Yeah. Look, Lookman's miss was uh, impressive. Pretty bad. Yeah. Pretty bad. Yeah. Come on. Great ball in the box. I mean, I will say this: Leipzig's equaliser from Paulson was a mm-hmm. old-fashioned ball from wide area. Big. Big man head. He, like, oh, yeah. he, he got up there too. I mean, he was way up in the air. He's ahead. He was a head, a head clear for sure. Now, I think you, know, you look at Leipzig and they've got, I think to the, the point you made about the goalkeeper, a lot of the opportunities they had were very central to the keeper. Like he made some good saves, he parried them well, the ball was moving a lot, but they were quite centralised at him. Um, I think it was a case of, you know, Freiburg had a 
execute a pretty good game plan in terms of letting them have the ball and being tight and compact and you know obviously took their opportunity when they needed to and probably unlucky to not get three points i did notice mm-hmm. that there was yep. there's some yeah they did yeah, they, yeah, they had a goal point that was cheering for that goal to go in because they needed the over <laughs> <laughs> what a fan what a fan <laughs> top fan <laughs> You got to hedge your bets. If your team doesn't win, maybe you win the bet. And so I, I had double jeopardy on, on that one, so I oh. lost everything. And then just to comment on the uh, U.S. <laughs> men's national team player that was in there, uh, Tyler Adams, um, started right back for yeah, um, light for Leipzig. Uh, well, it said right back, but throughout the game, if you watched it, every time yeah. they had the ball, he was very, very high. Um, think uh, Bukayo Saka kind of level of positioning every time i had the ball yeah, it was dude. like even with the front front one or two so yep i thought he looked decent I and mean, he did better than uh weston let's say um yeah. but he didn't really dominate the game that was his first game in a long time too <laughs> right because he he had missed the previous three or four months with injuries so that was his first one i thought he was fine for first mm-hmm. time back in a while he had a couple chances near the box he had to do that he could have done better but i mean first game in Six months, I would say that's okay. Agreed. How, how disappointed were we that Gio Reyna gets his first oh, start and then pulls up lame? Come on. Pulls up lame in Dude, so, I yeah. was devastated. I didn't even realize until about three <laughs> minutes in. And I, was like, I, I texted what? everyone. <laughs> I think somebody sent a text in the group, like, Reyna yeah. out. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah, I texted everyone because I was like, oh, because like, like my like Twitter and like all of my ESPN notifications blew up or like, yeah, Geo starting like, like it's gonna be great. And then like I got a notification like five minutes in the game. It's like actually he injured himself during the warm up and he's out. And I was like, I was wondering where the hell he was. <laughs> so, but I guess so. But then uh, Torgan Hazard played and he he actually played really well. So no, great for Geo. Uh, the amount of goals they're scoring, you get you get your sniff. You need to. Uh, yep. You got to take it. Yeah. Need to... All right, cool. So one question I was gonna ask on. On, on there was how long do we think Dude, I, I, um, Haaland is going to be at uh, Dortmund? Because, I mean, he, what do you mean before he goes yeah, to Bayern? Well, before he goes to Bayern, <laughs> PSG or Real Madrid, I think, is I, the I spot Madrid, for him. They, the way he plays is, is perfect. I, I, would, I would see him at Madrid too. Well, how much. How long? How much longer yep. depends on my I think it contract. could be within twelve right. months or so. I need a forward soon. Yeah, you know, like I mean, eighteen put, million put, pounds. Play the Dorman. What did they buy him for? So you get you get one you from Dor- So let's just think about this from Dortmund's perspective. They take Holland from a Red Bull franchise to their team. Mm-hmm. For eighteen million, they're going to be able to fleece Madrid or whoever it is that comes oh, shopping for him. over a hundred. I bet. I mean, they'll probably ask eighty million for him at least. I mean, repaid, repaid, fucking. Yeah, if I were them, I tried to hold him past this year so, when finances yeah. get back to normal, mm-hmm. so that they can get what they can get for him. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm for sure. Don't yep. think he'll go anywhere this summer. But He's yeah, gone, next yeah. the next summer for sure, like yep. right before year, right before Europe. Uh, 
What did you all think of? Uh, did you guys see Holland's uh, post game? Yeah, interview? I felt people were cherry picking a little bit, like taking se- segments out of it to make it yeah. look bad because there's nothing else going on in the world. But I mean, <laughs> no, I very, saw, a very valid he's, point. There's, he's a confident he's also, kid, there, eighteen years old. I saw the full interview without just the snippets taken, and it was totally fine. Um, but then yep. somebody pulled up an interview he did after Champions yeah. League game where he was. You know, some I just I can't judge a person with the way that they handle the media because there's guys like I don't know if you remember in, in baseball like Zach Greinke has a literal anxiety disorder and he answers one word answers to the press because he's just really really uncomfortable in front of a bunch of people and cameras like that. Um, not sure if that's his case, but I don't judge people on that stuff, man. Um, you ask a bad question and a guy gives you a bad answer, like that's kind of what you deserve. I don't even – yeah, I mean, I don't even know if i call it a bad answer. If you're like, why did you celebrate in front of the fans? And he's like – or with, even though the fans are there, like, why do you think? Like, what? what is the – what is – it's not like a, it's – yeah, ask a dumb question, you're going to get a dumb answer, I guess, is like a good, a good way to put it. But, I mean, he's got a little bit of his lot on to him, for sure. Like, he's that, got that a kind swag. of personality. But he's got a little swag. He's also super young. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with – the kid's popping in goals left and right. I'm not really worried. I mean, the first about goal was fantastic. Then, um, so well yeah. taken. Like yeah. you said, oh, it was awesome. Really great. Yeah, I think too, the kid's 19 right years old. Like, awesome. he could be a little immature. He could, like, it's not saying what he's going to be at 24 and 25. I mean, whatever. I remember myself at 19, and if somebody had interviewed me, I'm not sure I would have given the best answers. Not for sure. Or just like not even that, oh. but like you get asked the same damn question after every game. Like it's like, yeah, I'd just be so annoyed at that point. I I still don't know how like coaches do it. Like when they go into their press conferences after games, before games, and they get asked the same questions over and over again. It's like, like the, the fair play to them for having the patience. I mean, a lot of these guys don't, don't even ask like, questions. They you, just give you something open ended like and just want you to talk. It's like do your job. Your job is to give me a good question. Yeah. <laughs> I love that after the game. It's like oh, so three two, you guys won yeah. today. What do you think? Like, like, uh, what, but you hear that question week yeah. after week in the British press. What were your thoughts? That's yeah. my favorite. Just, it was, yeah, just, yeah. What are your thoughts on the win today? Like, where do I begin? It's like, look, well, yeah, you know, I, I never, yeah, I'll never forget. Um, I think it was during the game. So I went to South Carolina. I, I, for the listeners, I don't. I think it was after when they were they were doing like they were doing the run the final four a few years ago, and Frank Martin was our coach, and like they had a. I think they had like a like a nine-year-old in there and he asked a question like specifically about defense and he, frank martin who's like been in the been in the college basketball world forever and it's an interesting character he's like i think that's the best question i've gotten in the last two years in this like in these uh in these like these press conferences like just because it was actually very specific everybody went nuts over things. deshaun watson this so, year for that anyway. too a guy asked him a specific yeah, I was gonna say deshaun watson question and he one. gave yeah. him a very specific football answer and everybody was like blown away it was like well if you ask a guy a relevant question and something that he can talk about, he's going to give you an answer. <laughs> right. It's like, yeah, ask them things about they know about and what they can answer like yep. in a very good way, and you'll actually get really good answers back. It's, it's, it's not splitting the action, is it? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. no. do, do, yeah. do your job, and you'll actually be good at it. Um, so anyway, from there, we'll, I'll just cap off what the table looks like now. Uh, for the end of the Bundesliga, 
So Bayern won, so they still had the six-point lead on Dortmund, 58 points, 54. Mönchengladbach took over Leipzig, uh, 54 points, 52 for Mönchengladbach. I'm sorry, Mönchengladbach is 52, Leipzig got 51. Leverkusen's moved up the table, they have 50. Um, so that's still pretty tight. After that, it drops off because the Schalke has lost. Wolfsburg didn't, or they haven't really done too much. Um, and then the bottom is still, Werder Bremen got hammered, they were, so that wasn't great. They were so cool. They've got to be almost down. 18 points. Yeah, Paderborn, 17 points. Werder at 18. Dusseldorf at 23. And then Mainz, Augsburg have 27. So relegation is creeping in there. Dusseldorf's basically got to hold off. Did Zach Stuff play this weekend? We'll see what happens. I don't think so. He's 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 on uh, Dusseldorf, right? He was injured, but somebody said he had come back. No, he didn't play. I thought he got injured in the first, the first, like the first session back, didn't yeah, he? Like, yeah. did a knee or like, tweaked a knee or something like that in his first session back. I knew he was injured going into the break. I didn't see that. No. Yeah, he was injured with a you might be MCL right. going going into the break, <clears throat> but they said he was meant to return late May, early June. But uh, I don't think he's back yet. Okay. No. Looking ahead to the weekend, some good games this weekend. Gotcha. Yeah, this weekend, so we've got some really, really good games. Friday afternoon for, start. For Bundesliga. Yeah, they're they're doing they're Love we're gonna start that. getting more midweek games too, but we're um yeah, that's gonna be very needed. Um in the quarantine specifically. But Friday Friday's not uh, not great. Hertha Berlin against uh, Union Berlin. It's obviously the Berlin derby, but uh I'll be honest, watching Union Berlin against Bayern, you know, I don't think Bayern got out of second gear, to be honest, and cruised. Um, and obviously, obviously, yeah. Well, Union. I mean, to be fair though, Union. This is Union Berlin's first, first um, year back in the Bundesliga, and they're they're comfortable mid table, so not not crazy. But yeah, I don't. I mean, if there was fans involved, I mean, that's that's definitely a sure. big game. Nine thirty Saturdays. Um, that's a big one. Yeah, that's the yeah, one. Get Munch and Gladbach and Leverkusen. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for that one. Yep. And then even that's going to be good. I think there's two on uh, Sunday. Even the Wolfsburg-Dortmund game should uh, be interesting. Leipzig and Mainz, I think, will be interesting just because Mainz uh, looked decent on the weekend and Leipzig didn't. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if they can bounce back and actually perform up to the level that they're supposed to be at. And then Cologne and uh, Dusseldorf, just to see, you know, Dusseldorf and Mainz are kind of fighting for 15th and 16th, so... Those two games on the same day will be interesting to see how they kind of fall out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're gonna get the full the full game on Sunday, seven thirty a.m., nine thirty a.m., twelve p.m. So we get. I wish games. the Saturday ones back were staggered back, more. Back, so that's gonna be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I guess they. Well, I guess they operate. Yeah, they operate. Same. Because I, would, I, yeah, I would love a seven thirty game, nine thirty game, and like a. Twelve thirty game, and then you can you can have multiple nine thirty games if you want. Don't but, sleep. Yeah, I, I hear don't you. Don't sleep on, on. That's what's always. Don't sleep on. That's always great about the pre-league. Eintracht either though. Eintracht turned them over five one in the autumn, and it resulted in the man was it Kovac getting sacked. Oh yeah. So that's a little bit of a yeah, a redemption. And like I said, I wasn't. I watched Bayern, and they were comfortable, but it did have of all the games I watched, Bayern was the one that had the. The feel of a training match the most. How um, how'd our boy Alfonso think, Davies look? Yeah, he's electric. That fellow. Yeah, he's so he's so quick. 
Um, got in right behind a few times, a couple of pullbacks that, you know, I felt should have probably been so much to be on the end of. But uh, he's going to be a problem here moving into, you know, his next few matches. Because I think he's, he's a young lad who's been playing, you know, men's football for not a huge amount of time and a little break. He's going to be, I think he's going to be ready to roll here for the next, you know. Yeah, it probably helps a young kid like that for the body to recover, right? Definitely. I mean, see, I'd say just the wear and tear is less. And, you know, you may look at this being for a guy who's going to rely on pace. You know, he had the, if you look at it from a German perspective, they had the winter break, which is a long one in Germany. Then they had, you know, what was it, maybe four or five weeks of games, maybe six, seven weeks of games. Then he got another eight to ten week break. So I mean, and he's playing more players, games than he ever did yeah. in MLS too. Yeah, yeah. Midweek yeah. Champions MLS, League, that kind of stuff, and like the level yeah. you're playing at week to week is a little different. He's one to watch for sure. Did, did they did they sign him directly from Vancouver? Um, did he like get loaned out or anything, or he just he went straight in? Yeah. That's that's pretty that's pretty damn impressive. So yeah, he's 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 definitely he's definitely on a trajectory of for success for sure. So that's and he's on a good team. And like you said, I do think for a lot of these young players, even if you if we look back to the Premier League with teams that have young players, I think they're gonna be really happy with or not happy, but they'll be I think it'll be beneficial to their careers at this point, like Bakaya Saka and some of those other ones that are still and then some of the even younger guys like you know, Foden's yeah, been playing three games every he's, year for the last he's, 10 he's, years. He's primed. I do think, selfishly, <laughs> from a Liverpool perspective, like looking at yeah. Yeah, Robertson and Alexander-Arnold, the amount of ground they cover. Yeah, that probably helped. A That's ton. how I felt about yeah. your team all year. It's like you, you were an injury Those guys. away from things getting dicey if the injury was in the back four, and or the, your main three. So this, this break, probably a good thing. Because yeah. those guys put a lot of miles no, on I, this year. And I've said that on the on the group text all year is that we're in the back four especially we're you know and even in the front three to one perspective we're one injury away which you know looking at our boy Timo Werner had a couple opportunities to kind of open legs a little bit and, and show a bit more of kind of what would be um, more applicable I guess in playing for Liverpool which is everything we see every week is that it's going to happen it's going to happen it's going to happen we'll see I think the transfer market's going to be one way or the other, I think. I think it's going to either be really quiet or it's going to be a lot of people just getting on the move because they're as bored as we are. <laughs> I don't know. Like, they've, they've already been talking about, like, doing swap deals now, like the NBA and stuff or something like I don't know. It's going to be super interesting this summer, especially if we're talking, like you said, there's going to be, like, a month between one season and another one or even less we'll see what happens but anyway well let's take a break there we'll we'll stop and then we'll come back and we'll do a little bit of banter here, portion of the pod and talk about some other things okay all right welcome to the second half of the top four pod um, we've just got done dis- discussing the Bundesliga um, and how how each game played out, what the overall differences are. Now this is what we call the kind of second half is usually the banter area. We ask each other some questions, 
did want to give a quick update on uh, the rest of the continent. So talk about the Premier League, the Bundesliga. Italy is getting back into training. I'm sure you've seen all the Cristiano Ronaldo bad haircut pictures of him back in at Juve. Um, so they're they're trying to get back to, to, to training and back into um, an actual situation where they can start playing games again, which is pretty impressive considering where they were with the COVID uh, pandemic. And Spain has also uh, basically resumed training and they're looking to get back to um, live games soon, um, of course, behind closed doors. I did want to bring up the fact that today, and this is just a very niche thing to me, but Aritza Duras retired. I don't know if you all saw this, the guy from uh, Athletic Bilbao. So 630 appearances, 221 goals. Um, He was actually... There was a good article in the New York Times, if you guys ever want to look at it, um, about him. So basically, this was his final year. He is, as Ed's talked about before in the podcast, um, the Athletic Bilbao team basically only signs fast players, which is super interesting and obviously limits to them in some points. Um, so he grew up, he was born in San Sebastian, but grew up around that area, started um, with a couple other teams, went into Bilbao from the youth, from his youth team, local youth team, and then played for Valladolid and then Valencia. Um, and then his first game this season, he scored an overhead kick to beat Barcelona. That was his only goal this year. And then he was planning on retiring after the Copa del Rey final against San Sebastian, but obviously that was taken away from him because he basically had to get a hip replacement in terms of basically his doctors told him that if he didn't get the hip replacement, he wouldn't be able to walk very much uh, after. He had to do it pretty soon. So, Anyway, he's he's retiring, and it's a big deal for a lot of the La Liga boys who, who do follow that the league. So I just want to give him a quick shout out. But other than that, guys, I did want to start with a couple of questions for you because the Bundesliga is back, and we're super excited. Let's talk about our favorite German players of all time. So, Lewis, I will shoot it over to you. I hope you've got. I mean, the obvious choice would be Lucas Podolski. I mean, the best player of all time. About. But uh, <laughs> no. Um, I think Miroslav Klose is is mine. Um, just you know, very very good for the German national team, uh, all time leading scorer, and just an interesting player to watch. Um, so he would probably be be mine. I did not know that. Okay, cool. And the all time leading scorer at the World Cup. Yep. Yeah, he beat he beat Ronaldo's record in 2014, I believe, um, which is pretty crazy. And to mention sure. that the two the two German players you did mention there are both Polish born, which was, uh, yeah, I was watching the 2006 World Cup highlights on uh, on uh, Amazon as recommended by you guys, and I forgot like how crazy that that young German team was back when Klinsmann actually mattered. So, you, anyway. Well, you just said <laughs> the yeah. obvious one right there, Garber. Who um, do you got? No, I'm I'm not going with Klinsman. Um, Jurgen. No, so I've hated Man United almost all my life, even before I was a City fan. And as a kid, when I played like my little stint of travel soccer, I was a keeper, and was a big fan of Oliver Kahn. And I thought he and Schmeichel were the two best keepers back then. They were the ones that I always watched. And he had just an unbelievable set of hair, and I think that's what attracted me to him. But he was never scared of getting into it. Um, kind of a legend. Was sad that they lost that Champions League final to United, but saved that for another day. So I'll go Oliver Kahn. 
Yes. Nice. Mad bastard too. So that's always fun. Although I feel like that's pretty much required for being a German. I'll go in. Uh, so Ted, what do you got? Ted, you know. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, I know. Nice. I'm just old. You're so hipster, old. Ted. I'm just old. <laughs> No, nah, like, like Matthias, obviously, history, you know, so drop in centre back, play centre mid, just a proper footballer. <laughs> you know, played uh, to a, a ripe old age as well, and you know, I think he's always always uh, operated uh, with a lot of class. You know, kind of like a Puyol type character, but German. Nice. Someone's. Well, I will take up the mantle of Lucas Podolski. I already, I already called just that. Absolute legend. <laughs> yeah. I will also I will I'll um I'll splice his song that is amazing that the German the German fans have created for him which is crazy but yeah he's he's also super loyal like whatever club he's ever played for he just still remains a massive fan of them and he could just pelt the ball with a left peg he hit it he's one of the hardest shots I've ever seen hit so he he takes my my award for sure all right, my second question for you guys is favorite game you've seen or watched? Like, so when I say seen, that like, could have been sent, seen live. So it doesn't even have to be like your own team. It could be whatever. So um, let's start with. Sorry, I'm completely okay. missed you there. You dropped out. Gotcha. Oh, sorry. Uh, about that. Okay. Um, I said the favorite game you've ever seen or watched. You know, for me. I think it has, it has to be Istanbul for me. I wasn't there in person, but just seeing it and uh, wanting to throw things at the television at 3-0 down, contemplating walking away at 3-0 down. And I'm just very thankful that I am as stubborn as I am and decided to watch the whole thing. I I knew that that answer was... I'm, I'm on the money tonight. I'm guessing answers. Well, it wasn't a great game. <laughs> no brainer. I mean, if you're a Liverpool fan, I feel like the, you know that's got to be your number one. Yeah, yeah. well, I watched that one as well. That and Chris uh, Bar- Barcelona would be uh, the Barcelona oh. game at home. Would obviously, be a short, <laughs> yeah. uh, close yep. second. Very close second. Yeah, um, I would imagine that one would have been yeah, nuts. absolutely. So, what did you <laughs> did you watch that at home in um, the Barcelona Playa one? del Carmen, Mexico, actually, and. Uh, <laughs> Was was watching it in the obligatory um, sports bar in the all inclusive <laughs> resort. I was uh, I was at with a bunch of English people and uh, a couple Barcelona fans um, who I think wished who who who, who wished they weren't there by the time <laughs> corner taken quickly. Um, so you know that was that was that was class as well. That was in terms of experience that probably eclipsed Istanbul because Istanbul I was sat on my aunt's couch by myself I think watching it so I mean that was a little bit less of a, an experience but uh, you know packed bar full of English people and Spanish and Americans and everybody I think it was uh, it was a pretty cool experience for the uh, Barcelona match as well it was it was and obviously it, it was, was it about inclusive? two in the afternoon so it, yeah we'd, we'd been in a good place <laughs> for a while I think I remember this te- I think I remember our text from that day I do yeah I do remember you texting us about it and we were just like hey you should you know yeah so it was, it was pretty it was, pretty it was packed experience uh, with some packed a lot of people who awesome. were you know big football people as well so it was uh but some guys who weren't Liverpool fans who were just going mental as well because it was just such a un 
unpredictable outcome, shall we say. Yeah, I remember watching the first leg of that where Messi basically took over and watching it in a brewery in Charlotte and like people that weren't even sports fans, I just asked them to put it on all the TVs because like it was like, you know, like I said, like three in the afternoon and uh, everyone in the, the thing was watching the first the first leg when Messi was taking over and then Dembele missed like the sitter at the very end and I remember one guy being like, that's going to cost about, him. The thing about that game in the first the leg is like, like it did. They didn't, so they didn't create much. You know, Milner Milner had the little yeah, pullback well. taking a pullback there. Yeah. Now Milner had the pullback that, you know, for him inside of the foot, bottom far post is kind of, you know, where he uh you expect him to hit the target and he, he pulled it over the top and you he's sitting there going like you need that one away from home. Then all of a sudden obviously like you said, Messi just decided to do messy things and uh the game's out of hand. But no, it was obviously uh it was a weird one, but glad I Glad I saw the second leg, put it that way. <laughs> for sure. Um, right, Lewis, we have to go your, back a bit for, for um, you know, um, Arsenal to have a game that meant something. Uh, but, you know, the obvious choice would be, you know, the 3 4 uh, Spurs <laughs> winning the league there um, at White Hart Lane. But I'm actually going to go 2017 FA Cup against Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Um Alexis Sanchez, you know, was back on the team. And then watching him play was always great. And then uh, Costa equalizing in I think seventy fifth or something. And then Ramsey winning the game. I think five or ten minutes after that, and it was just it was it was great. Costa, you know, always good to see him lose. Um, so yeah, I think I'm gonna go with that one. That's a good shout. I'll go. I'll go next because. I had a couple ones. I thought about just mm-hmm. from like sheer dramatic standpoint, the four-four game with like yep. Shavin scored four goals against Liverpool um, back in the back in the day when those fixtures always threw up like massive scores. But um, mine was the, the 2015-2014 World Cup where I'm sorry, not World Cup, FA Cup where uh, we won the our first trophy in like nine years, and Ram- Ramsey scored the winning goal that day. But that's when we went down two nothing to Hull, and I remember being like, so that was around, I think it was on World Day weekend. I was, my my wife's best friend had a kid who just turned one and she informed me that I had to go to Georgia to go to this one-year-old's birthday party. And that was the day the game, <laughs> the game was. And I was like, okay, so thank God the guy, the husband had like a basement TV and he was like, yeah, um, just go down here and watch it, and like the party's going on upstairs, and you can just watch this game by yourself in this black basement with the te- one TV. So I did, and then like obviously went down two nothing. <laughs> and I was like, this is just yells. I think that was also the game Gus Johnson just yelling at you. Even worse, it was Gus Johnson. It was it was Gus Johnson, Gus Johnson, and Eric Winalda. Yeah, he was yelling at me. Eric Winalda was commentating. I was like, I think I tweeted like. Gus Johnson, I'm already going to hang myself, and the game hasn't even started, and like I think I got like. Best tweet I ever did, numbers wise. But anyway, the yeah, free so kick I was that just like pinned. so mad. Yeah, freaking in- Santi scores. Incredible goal. The, yeah, yeah, he pinged it in the top corner. And everyone, mm-hmm. like, that's when we were like, we were already down 2 nothing. We could have we could have been down 3 nothing. I think we cleared one off the line. And then, yeah, Santi scores right, right before halftime. And then we come back, Coast scores an equalizer, and then we score an extra time. But then, to make it pure Arsenal, we scored 
to go up 3-2. And then, like, literally from the kickoff, somehow they have, like, a one-on-one breakaway and freaking – I think it was – is either – was it Fabianski? I think it was Fabianski. He goes shooting out of his goal, and, like, the guy misses an open net. I don't know. It was just nuts. It was nuts. But that was the final – that was the first trophy Wenger won. And that um, – there, there's a picture at the end of that game where he's kissing uh, – Kissing uh, uh, Sonia on the head, who's who's praying like after they won. It's just one of my favorite pictures of all time. But yeah, that was really great. It was a good time, and I remember like I was always good at so a loud, like, house. People came down to check on me at this party. So <laughs> so anyway, yeah, it was like literally the first time I met my wife's best friend and her her family. It was a one year old birthday party. So there's right, a lot I'm of, gonna, I'm gonna do two. Though, so um, anyway, one's obvious. Right, uh, Carver, what you got? Aguero, QPR. Um, I was actually working, I was at an indoor tennis facility in Boston and I had to work that day and I was on the court. Thankfully, the director of tennis was an Aston Villa fan, a Brit, and he knew how bad I was freaking out. So I got to watch all the way up until like close to stoppage time. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going on the court. I was miserable. And he comes out banging on the glass when Jekko headed in the first and he jumped out and started teaching my lesson for me so that I could watch the last few minutes. And still (laughs) to this day, I still talk to the guy because it was just such a legendary move by him. Um, And second one, this is a weird one because the result wasn't it, but (laughs) honestly, USA Portugal world cup is one of my favorite games I've ever watched. Um, I was in Atlanta and just literally everything in our country stopped to watch that game, all the people of our age. And I just thought that was the first time in this country that's ever happened really for soccer. And that Jermaine Jones goal, like I, I think I celebrated that goal harder than any goal I've ever celebrated in my life, only to have Ronaldo ping a ball from 60 yards to rip our hearts out at the end. But just like the roller coaster of that game and honestly being with a bunch of buddies that didn't watch soccer that were enjoying it as much as they were. That was pretty awesome for me. Yeah, I think for me specifically that that was an awesome moment. Like, just like you said, like just being in a bar and like the whole, like, you know, I knew like 85% of those people like never watched soccer, but they were just so invested in it because of the whole fact that it was the USA. And it was, it was like, it was a perfect, just perfect kind of like, game like you said the 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 bar died after ronaldo paying that cross to whatever his name was but it was good i did i the other one i did remember i we talked about a little bit about this but um i forgot to mention was donna when landon donovan scored against um gosh no it was not Ghana. we lost to Ghana. oh yeah the Um, the ethiopia or or something yeah algeria algeria and the last the last minute the Go Go USA Ian Dark Cole. That one I was in a bar too, and I I don't. Like, it's funny I that never, all my I like, favorite like moments of soccer I can was, hear Ian Dark in the background of them. Yeah, he's a legend, man. So anyway, um, <laughs> oh no, right. it wasn't was a question. question. I was about, listening to him. Uh, I, I was Garber, listening to uncle. reports from him. I was. Sometimes I tune in on XM. I like the grumpy pundits in the morning, but the United States of Soccer, Tony Miola, legend on there. I've actually called into that show before. Yes, I've done that. Um, But 
he was talking about Don Garber. They're they're <laughs> going to be really creative with the empty stadiums. That's that's the biggest thing I took away. Um, they're not just going to have that dead silence there. They said they were thinking about doing kind of like the NFL draft with the Zoom calls in the back with the fans on it, so you get fan reactions and noise. Um, and I think that they're going to be proactive with that to try to kind of be ahead of the game there. So that's I'm, – I'm usually pretty hard on the MLS, but uh, it sounds like they're trying to make the best of the situation. Yeah, I just – I don't know. What do you guys think? I don't want it to get too gimmicky, but they can definitely, like, increase the product on, on the field for sure in terms of, like – well, at least the experience of viewing and stuff like that. I wouldn't be surprised to start seeing live betting lines coming in. I don't know what that looks like, but no, it's a, it's a full anyway, slate. To be fair, full slate. Finally, some football to talk about. <laughs> All right, well, we'll end it there, guys, um, and we'll look forward to talking next week after we get some good more, some more good Bundesliga games to catch up on and hopefully we've got some more updates on like what the Premier League and the rest of the world are doing. so it's great talking to you all later boys and, uh, time for dinner holy god I'm dying